0: This podcast features adults using adult language, but you know, you got to grow up sometime.
1: Hey everyone, you know what it's time for? Swan's Cross! That's great. Seattle, for all its its many issues, it does have a really great theater scene. So it does. Cool. It you does. Know? And the
0: people within it, like that's the thing that I noticed about Seattle. Like ninety to ninety-five percent of the people in Seattle theater are not jerks. So
1: that is an exceptional percentage of non-jerks in theater.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Very
1: <laughs> Cause you know, I mean, naturally, the drama kids that you knew in high school, go into theater, so... Right. You know, it, it's a it's a mixed bag, let's say that.
0: It really is. It really <laughs> is. It really is. I was one of those drama kids, and let's be honest, I was a jerk in high school. Were you? Like, I was. I was such a turd. No! No, absolutely.
1: I can't wrap my head around this.
0: Well, I appreciate that, because a lot has changed. <laughs> a lot has changed, but I really thought I was... I was quite the uh, person when I was in high school. I had very high self-esteem uh, <laughs> to, the point, to the point of being just kind of a turd. A uh, good amount
1: of that. I mean, I, I guess I did too. Drama kids.
0: See? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, problematic. You know,
1: I guarantee you every single child involved in Swans Crossing was a teen drama kid for sure.
0: Oh, definitely. Definitely. You like
1: that segue? That's a good segue. That was
0: very good. That was very good. And in in Swan's Crossing, 85% of them are playing turds. So, (laughs) yeah, the turd to normal kid ratio is just like excessively high. (laughs)
1: Well, uh, indeed, this is Gotta Grow Up Sometime, a Swans Crossing retrospective. I'm Libby Grant.
0: I'm Nathan Kessler-Jeffrey. We should entitle this episode the episode where Nathan says Turn a lot. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Maybe we will. But it was episode 62. We are closing in on the end.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. so tragic. What did I think was going to happen? Because I think I said we wouldn't get any Muffy, and there was a lot of Muffy in this episode.
1: There was a lot of Muffy. Here is what you predicted. A Baldi would, well, the baldy would chase Owen for filming, and he would get the tape and destroy it. Now, he didn't get the tape and destroy it, but the Baldi was definitely chasing Owen for filming, so I'm giving you that one.
0: Yeah, I guess that's true.
1: You pre- uh, You predicted that... Mila and Sandy would stay mad at Owen, they would form a pact about it, and this would become the key to their becoming friends. Not exactly. Kind of.
0: I really wish that that had happened, though. Like, don't you, don't you sort of wish that that had happened?
1: Maybe it'll happen later. We'll see. <laughs> Sydney tries to figure out how to stop Garrett's evil plan. That did not happen. Callie would obtain the birth certificate records and would confront Garrett, although you thought maybe this will be saved for the finale episode.
0: Yeah, I'm now I'm now fully banking on the this happening in the finale episode.
1: You predicted that Callie and Jimmy would explore the estate at night and would find the snake pit. I mean, you that's like 75% true. Yeah. And not a ton of Neil, JT, and glory unless it would be JT and Neil explaining to Sydney about the birth certificate. That I mean, we did not get JT or Neil at all. We got some glory, but it had nothing to do with the birth certificate, so I don't know how to how to score that one.
0: How they how they uh used glory in this epitho- episode? The episode, episode, episode. Um, how they used glory in this episode? I thought was really effective. So
1: yeah, yeah, it was a it was a, an exceptional use of glory. Her she stayed true to her character and everything. It was great.
0: Yeah. Let's talk about the thumbnail, because on the ShoutFactory.tv thumbnail for episode 62 of Swan's Crossing, we see uh, the main room of the Rutledge house framed by draped furniture and boxes. And there stands Muffy in a white blouse and blue blazer, her hand to the back of her head like she's trying to sort through a lot of confusion. Next to her in white stands Sydney, who looks like she's explaining something. And in the thumbnail... It looks like Sydney is wearing a much nicer outfit than Sydney is actually wearing in this episode, which I'm sure we will talk about.
1: We'll talk about it right away, too, because we open on the Rutledge Mansion. Ralph is searching for something among all the boxes and detritus of remodeling. He hops on his transportation device, which he just won from Neil and JT, and gives the command, Kick it, whereupon he rolls a few feet before bailing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And specifically, the command is, yo, kick it.
1: Excuse me, yes. Yo, kick it.
0: Yo, kick it. He is wearing towels and, like, washcloths taped to his elbows and knees for safety. I thought for a hot second these were actual, like, elbow and knee pads. But no, no, they're not.
1: Yeah, they're, they're tea towels and tape. It's great.
0: <laughs> Owen is crouched in the boxes filming this happen, and I, I'm, we're going to talk more about that in a hot second. But
1: yeah, you you kind of like you can't re- you don't notice Owen. He, he's very stealthy in the in the opening of this. Yeah, scene. you
0: see him, but it's very brief, and he's very like hidden. So Ralph is searching for something. Sydney walks in wearing. A cut-off sweatshirt, bandana, and sweatpants.
1: Yeah. Bandana, like, wrapped around her head, not like it's around her neck or like it's rolled up like a headband. Like, she looks like a... a what What did they... God, what was the trend among, like, Latin American youth? A, a chola? I can't remember. What it, I'll have to Google it before I decide to leave this in. But that was, like, the style among certain girls of, like, Latina heritage in the early 90s to, like, wear a red headband, like, around your head and, like, sloppy sweats. And it looks so out of place on Sydney Rutledge. What is going on?
0: I mean, let's be honest. If anybody could pull it off, it is Sydney Rutledge, but it does feel extremely out of place.
1: It's so out of character. Like, this is how she loafs around the house? I don't buy it. We have seen her before in like, weird, silky two-piece pajama sets and and robes loafing around the yeah. house. This is just, this is odd.
0: The fact that she owns sweatpants is hilarious to me.
1: <laughs> it is. Her face is covered in some kind of, like, cosmetic mask. And aside from the skincare, it is just, it's not Sydney at all. It, it, I yeah. wondered, I actually had in my notes, is part of her becoming a better person that she's getting sloppy? Like, is, is ironically Sydney turning into Sandy Swan Now that she has convinced herself that she is not Sandy Swan.
0: These are great questions. These are great questions. I do want to also bring us back to Ralph's scooter for a moment, because later in the scene, you can see that it still has the giant bow on it from the party, which just made me so happy that Ralph has not actually like undecorated this scooter.
1: He also, he refers to it, we we call it a scooter because that's what it is, but he refers to it as the world's only voice-controlled, automated, three-speed skateboard. Dude, it's an electric scooter equipped with Siri. Come on.
0: Uh, It turns out that Ralph is looking for the keepsake box uh, that had the Crystal Swan in it because Muffy has been traumatized by its disappearance.
1: Oh, Muffy, (laughs) positively traumatized. So Ralph looks up and comments on Sydney's mask. She says, it's a midday mud mask, a Rutledge beauty secret that's been in the family for centuries. Centuries?
0: Centuries of mud masking.
1: Centuries of Rutledges is astonishing. Like, what were they over in England or whatever? Like, swanning around, get it?
0: (laughs) Stop it, stop it. Well, I was gonna, I was like trying to bring up like some sort of Shakespearean mud mask, uh joke and i just couldn't get it like there was like it was there was something happening in my brain and i was like there's something here there's something here nope nope absolutely not uh as as they're talking about the mud mask that is when owen finally breaks his silence and you know pipes up and sydney screams grabs a framed photo of herself to like hide her own face and tells him to get out so Owen is now at the point where he's breaking into people's homes uninvited to film stuff.
1: Yeah, he's just lurking in people's houses, hiding in their homes like he's fucking Richard Ramirez. He's gonna night stalker, pop out of a closet and murder you. Like, what is going on with Owen?
0: Yeah, Owen is in strong contention for Psychopath of the Week this week.
1: Oh, for sure. Uh, Sydney orders Ralph to get rid of Owen, which he does by mounting his electric scooter, commanding, yo, kick it, and then he pursues Owen off the set with a stern, good day, sir.
0: <laughs> and then Sidney says goodbye really loudly to Owen as he exits, which throws the scooter into reverse because Ralph hasn't figured out the command for reverse yet. And Ralph has this phenomenal... Terrible pratfall into a giant stack of boxes. It's so good. And after so a, good. a long pause of heavy breathing, which is truly phenomenal, he says, "I think we've found reverse." And sh- as Sydney helps him up, we cut over to Garrett at the soda shop.
1: Oh yeah, Garrett tensely waiting at a table, tapping an object against his forehead, which I at first thought was a smartphone. It's. <laughs>
0: I thought it was a smartphone too, but no, it is his wallet.
1: Or it's his little poetry notebook, I think. Or something. Oh, that's right. yeah, But okay. I 100 percent thought it was an iPhone. I was like, wait a minute, <laughs> what's happening? Yeah.
0: Is, is we wrong have electric here. scooters
1: with voice commands, we have flashlights, which we'll get to later, and we have iPhones. Like, did Swan's Crossing time travel?
0: Uh maybe. Maybe. <laughs>
1: Mila enters the restaurant looking very grim and talking about how she has been betrayed. Garrett clearly thinks she's talking about him with the poetry. But she sits down and explains, Owen promised to make her the star of a music video, but now he's gonna make Sandy the star. Yeah.
0: Want, Mila wants her own video. <laughs> <And> <laughs> very very pleased, I think, to be off the hook with this. Garrett, Garrett's like, Owen doesn't lie. He just doesn't think. One look at you and his synapses (laughs) stop firing.
1: (laughs) This makes Mila feel a lot better. She says she can always trust Garrett and trust is the most important thing in a relationship.
0: My favorite thing about it when Mila does this gushy stuff is, is that she is completely unable to pick up on the guilt that is written all over his face.
1: I know, it's so, so funny. I totally love that part.
0: He asks if he can do anything to make her smile. She immediately asks him to read her a poem.
1: Wait, what, Garrett? Stop asking this question. You know what she's gonna say. Yeah. He looks her right in the eye and he says, about those poems. I think it's time I tell you the truth.
0: Bam bam bam. We cut to Callie, who is worried about going to her, like, family estate in the dark. Yes. As they're talking about, like, the bony fingers of her ancestors as specters, Saja walks in, puts a hand on Jimmy's shoulder from behind, and Jimmy, like, freaks out. <laughs>
1: That's so good. Saja is uh, a little bummed out at first that they were planning to go on an adventure without him. But Callie covers and says, no, 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 they only just decided and they haven't had a chance to ask him yet. So he pulls a moon chart out of the inner pocket of his jean jacket. Does he just carry around a moon chart with him at all times?
0: This thing is humongous. It is giant.
1: It's the size of your head. And he points out that there should be enough moonlight to see by. And then he says they'll bring a couple of fleshlights with them just in case. Now, of course, he meant flashlights, and it was just like one of the many flubbed lines that has remained forever in Swan's Crossing. But it's still <laughs> fucking hilarious.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
1: Oh, it's great.
0: Uh, he pulls them uh, in for a group hug and starts talking about it, enjoying this like long trip together to pursue the great mama Jamba. And Jimmy seems really put out by this togetherness with Sasha. There are two racist gongs in here within like 30 seconds of each other. And then uh, Saja, Saja runs off to get gear and Callie inquires from Jimmy like, "What what's wrong with you?
1: Yeah, and he admits he wanted to go alone to the Walker Estate with Callie, just the two of them. And he says, because it was the perfect setup.
0: Callie, <laughs> no, no fool, immediately goes, is this about getting the goods on Barrick or getting things going between us?
1: And on that line, cut to a close-up shot of Captain Baldy's tongue as he ecstatically licks an ice cream cone.
0: This cut is probably the most unfortunate cut there has ever been in an episode of Swan's Crossing.
1: So gross. They are minors. (laughs) Don't
0: do that. It is nasty.
1: Owen appears, holding his fingers up to frame a shot. The Baldy looks very annoyed, understandably so, and then... Owen tells the Baldy that he looks just like Flea. He does not look anything like Flea. What the fuck?
0: No idea what's happening there. Also.
1: Nathan, do you know who Flea is?
0: I don't. I tried to look it up, but I, I, mis- I misheard the word. I thought he said Fleeg. <laughs> who is Flea?
1: Flea is the bass player from Red Hot Chili Peppers.
0: Okay. Okay. See, if I'd, yeah. if I'd actually gotten the the, because I went back and listened to it and I was like, Libby's gonna know who this is
1: <laughs> It's hilarious because the Baldi Is about as opposite from Flea as you can possibly get um, He does however Grab Owen and say You look like Bug I could crush And we instantly cut to the theme song
0: You know it makes a lot more sense The idea of Flea and Bug Being yeah, yeah that makes more sense now Yeah it is It is the long version of the theme song See,
1: see now we're in for a good episode
0: Mmm <laughs> so tasty We come back to Mila and Garrett and he's explaining he has symptoms of severe writer's block. Oh
1: my God. Kill me. Kill me now. It's so bad.
0: When she asks what's going on, he says he's afraid of losing her. And then she tells him that she's not going anywhere. And then he drops the bomb that he may be going somewhere. And we like, this scene is what? Like 10 lines long at most. Oh, maybe. And we cut to Sandy crying in Glory's room and playing with the googly eye on one of Glory's stuffed bears in a way that makes you think she's planning on doing this with Owen's actual eyeball.
1: So good. She's she's like really crying for real, real tears, that Mila is more important to Owen than Sandy is. Camera pulls back from like her hand molesting this bear's eye. And she is like Glory kind of has her arm around her and is trying to to talk her through this crisis, and in the middle of Sandy's freakout, she rips the teddy bear's eye off. Right. (laughs) I love it.
0: Sandy keeps going on about how many years they've spent making music together, and Joe must not really care about her, and blah, 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 rips the other eye off of the bear, so there's now this eyeless polar bear.
1: She has fully blinded this bear. She has oedipus the bear. (laughs) Maybe...
0: Maybe that's the title, Libby. <laughs> Oedipus the bear. There's a lot of other blinded characters in like history and mythology. You picked the one that is not known for blindness but for like incest.
1: The one who blinded himself because he fucked his mom.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what you. That's what you did.
1: That's where my mind went.
0: <laughs> Jeez.
1: Okay, anywho. <laughs> Glory forces Sandy to look in the mirror and says she's talented and pretty. Glory says something that I think is supposed to be I'm red and puffy, but no matter how many times I listened to it, all I could hear was I bred a puppy.
0: Oh, okay. See, I sometimes I just gloss over stuff that I that I don't understand.
1: <laughs> it took, like, I kept listening to it, trying to catch what she, what she said, and it took me a few times of going over it, I still, all I could hear was I bred a puppy and it was only as I was writing it out that I was like, oh, she meant I'm red and puffy.
0: Glory gives her like some encouragement and seems like the impression that I'm getting from Glory is that she thinks Sandy should go ahead and do the video with Mila because it'll make Sandy look really good because Sandy's the better singer.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that seems to be Glory's plan. And she asks Sandy, what's she going to sing? Sandy does a tearful acapella rendition of Am I Ever Gonna Get Over You.
0: It's a lot, and she is, she is fully damp. Like this.
1: (laughs) It goes on for a while.
0: snot coming out of the nose, eyes red and puffy, still wet from the tears. This is a very damp rendition of this song.
1: And from that close-up on Sandy singing sadly, we cut to another shot of Captain Baldy eating sweets. This time, it's a chocolate bar.
0: Yeah, Owen returns telling Captain Baldy that he's going to look great in the music video. Captain Baldy gets up, immediately shuts that down, and he says, You point thing at me, I make point of you.
1: Owen finally seems to get it that people don't enjoy being ambushed and having cameras stuck in their faces, and uh, he agrees not to film him. The Baldy wanders off with his Hershey bar while Doom music plays subtly in the background. Uh,
0: we cut over to Sydney and Ralph. Ralph, they're having this conversation. They cannot figure out why Muffy wants the box. And we get this flashback of S- Sydney opening the box, finding that crystal swan in it. Then Sydney says that she brought the box back into the big main room of the Rutledge Estate, which is where they currently are, but nobody can find anything in here because it's all, you know, boxes. And this this renovation. At their home has been happening all summer.
1: People with money can get crews to come in and finish a renovation fast. I I know because I don't have enough money to like compete with all the super rich people on the island who keep getting all their renovations done. When I just want to get my floors and my windows fixed on my house, like, come on.
0: Well, I'm sorry, you can't.
1: That's... So you long.
0: just can't. Um. <laughs> so... Yeah, Ralph gets up to continue continue searching. He says, what seems to have what seems insignificant to some can have a devastating effect on others. And then we cut to commercial. <laughs> we come back. Jimmy seems to be trying to backpedal his previous comments to Callie. It's not working. He uh he admits it to being a little bit of both wanting to get the goods on Beric, and also, you know, smooch with her. I love this slow, like, long, tension-filled build-up to an almost kiss, knowing, of course, that Saja is going to come bursting back in and interrupt.
1: I know, they get so close to actually kissing. It's like their lips almost touch, and of course Saja shows up. Saja has been gone for, I don't know, maybe a couple minutes, He returns with all the gear for their trip to the Walker Estate, which is like a huge backpack, packed full of shit, a bunch of pots and pans hanging off of him, three bedrolls, like, he is loaded to the gills with camping stuff. How did this happen in moments?
0: Right, and and rations, or as he puts it, rations.
1: Rations. (laughs)
0: Rations.
1: And uh, as they they kind of look at Saja in astonishment with all of his crap, we cut to the outside of the shop. Where Captain Baldy has strapped his weird satellite dish and spinning ball listening device to his head, and has apparently been spying on them through the wall of the tulin die.
0: Yeah. He says something in his made-up language and runs off. We cut over to Mila and Garrett, who has explained that he's going to be leaving for France. Because every booth for four generations has gone to what in French translates to the Walden School.
1: Mila asks if that's like Walden Pond. <laughs> it's not.
0: It is not at all. Um, also, I love, I love the idea that, that, for, that as teenagers, every booth man gets locked up.
1: <laughs> it's probably best for everyone. Mila says she understands why Garrett's so upset. And she says, I can live without your poems, but I can't live without you.
0: And I was like, Mila, try it for five seconds.
1: I think you'll be okay. Back at the Rutledge Mansion, Sydney is attempting to learn the commands for Ralph's electric scooter. They appear to be as follows. Of course, Yo Kick It starts it. First gear, the command is keep it coming. Second gear, bring it on home. And third gear, swing.
0: Do you remember when swing was a thing?
1: Oh, I remember when Schwing was a thing. It it was right around this time, in fact, and and it explicitly meant like thrusting your pelvis at someone, you know, like oh. why is that for third gear? But anyway, Sydney yells Schwing and then screams as the scooter speeds her into a stack of empty boxes. And at this moment, Muffy enters.
0: I want it also noted that at this point, Ralph is also in a mud mask.
1: Yes. He has donned the, the midday mud mask for beauty.
0: A great Rutledge family tradition for centuries.
1: Muffy dresses Ralph down because he was supposed to be doing a task, and Sydney tells her mom that when she wins the election, she'll buy her a new keepsake box. But Muffy says, no one can replace it, and we cut to commercial.
0: Yeah, she is not mollified at all. We cut back to Sandy singing her heart out right in Glory's face.
1: So I guess she's cheered up now.
0: Just right, right in there. And they're dancing with the eyeless bear, singing together and using the bear's, like, muzzle as a microphone.
1: Glory insists that Sandy march over to Owens and tell him the way it's going to be and demand that she gets her own music video. And she tells Sandy to keep the bear, too, since she has mutilated it.
0: Sandy tries to get Glory to come with her, but Glory insists Sandy do it herself, pushes her out of the room, And we cut back to the Rutledge house where Muffy, Ralph, and Sydney are all digging through boxes in the living room.
1: Clock begins to chime. Ralph says it's time to prepare dinner. So he mounts his scooter and exits with a yo kick it and gives an off-camera swing.
0: And Sydney confronts Muffy about, like, what is going on with this keepsake box because it isn't like her to fixate, fixate on objects. And Muffy, Muffy just will not explain. You know, in, in, one of those, in one of those ways that only makes sense in that we are trying to string the audience along for future episodes. <laughs> there are things you don't know. I can't explain right now.
1: I know, right? For no apparent reason. I can't tell you now. She promises to tell Sydney that once the election is over, she will tell her everything. And Sydney asks if the election is close. Muffy, very disturbed, says, It appears we're about to enter the fight of our lives.
0: Yeah, yeah, this is definitely a life-or-death scenario. The mayoral race of a tiny town in, like, yeah. New England. Yeah. yep. Yeah. geez. We cut over to Callie, Jimmy, and Saja walking through fog on the old Walker Estate. The guy's doing a military marching chant at the literal top of their lungs.
1: They are screeching it. <laughs> like, weren't they supposed to be stealthy here? I know they, they assume that Beric is the great mamba-jamba and Beric is gone, but like, maybe he has accomplices, you know, keep it down a little.
0: They find a spot to set up camp. And as they're doing this, they, they essentially just like drop all of their gear. It's, it's this fantastic moment where they get into the, the quote unquote clearing on the set where they're going to set up camp. It's just like everything drops. Fantastic.
1: It is great. And as the boys begin setting up base camp. The camera pans down into the brush at their feet to reveal the huge python just slithering around being a snake.
0: Freeze frame, roll credits.
1: Oh, so intense. My god. No, it's not. That was a super boring episode.
0: It was very, like, this... This was the least banger episode in a long, a long series of like not great episodes. So
1: I I feel like even the New to banquet outdid this one. Well, um, are we in agreement that Owen is the psychopath of the week?
0: I think so. I think Garrett, Garrett really is remarkably normal this episode.
1: Yeah, he even came close to telling the truth.
0: I mean, the only other person who's really in the running for it this episode is Sandy.
1: Yeah, but I don't think she's that, like, I mean, she did mutilate a bear, but...
0: She did mutilate a bear, and she is very damp. (laughs) Psychopath of the Week goes goes to Owen, dampest goes to Sandy.
1: Yeah, yeah, I can agree to that. Okay, what's our swan count?
0: We had one new fake swan, just the swan in the credits. Uh, So that brings us to seven imaginary swans, 24 actual swans, 151 other swans. Libby, there have been no new actual swans. We have three episodes left.
1: I know. I I honestly can't remember if there are actual swans left in the rest of it.
0: I would be utterly shocked.
1: Maybe, though. We'll see. You never know. This show can always surprise you. All right. I'm going to hit muke. Muke. I'm going to hit muke. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck. I also,
0: I want to point out one more thing. please
1: do. The
0: very first line of this series references the family vault. There has been no family vaults anywhere in this entire show.
1: (laughs) Well, uh, maybe we'll see a family vault somewhere. Uh, You know, we still have three episodes, so anything could happen. I doubt it.
0: You know what we don't have, Libby? We don't have a vault set.
1: (laughs) All right, I'm going to mute and you give me your predictions for next week.
0: I think next week we're going to get the beginnings of Garrett's plan to help his dad by using the birth certificate to throw Muffy's campaign into disarray. So that's what I think happens. Uh, I think we also get the exploration of the old Walker estate, maybe the kids find the snake pit. I I live in hope that that they will find the snake pit and figure out, like, maybe get some clues as to what's going on there. I think Sydney continues to obsess on what's going on with Muffy in the Keepsake Box and keeps looking for it. Maybe finds it? That probably won't happen next episode. Uh, I think Sandy confronts Owen about the music video and wants her own video or wants to be the star anyway. I don't think I think we get another JT and Neil Light episode next week. And I don't think Barrick is back yet as the kids are exploring the Walker estate but they might run into Pegasus. They'll definitely run into the Baldy. Ooh, ooh, maybe the Baldy comes to make a report to Pegasus at the Walker estate based on the information he got about the kids, and the kids observe it from hiding. That's what I think happens.
1: Okay, well, as we continue racing toward the brick wall of the ending of Season 1 and all of Swans Crossing, it certainly is getting tense up in here.
0: (laughs) It certainly is. Thank you to Richard Winsler and Steve Lane for the use of our theme song, Gotta Grow Up Sometime, from the hit show, Swans Crossing.
1: And if you want to find us on social media, just go to Instagram at swanscrosspod. Twitter is a hellhole now. It probably won't exist anymore at all by the time (laughs) this podcast comes out in early January. Um, And don't forget to send us DMs with your questions for our very last episode, which is the retrospective retrospective.
0: And until we can see one another again, take out your stress on the eyes of your stuffed bears. (laughs)
1: Oedipus them. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> your bears. No, no, don't do that. Bye. I
0: believe it is time to prepare dinner. So, if you will excuse me,
1: you kick it. Swing.